Welcome back to Tailoring Talk with me, Roberto Revilla. I've missed recording, so it's great to be back. It's been a busy eight weeks or so since the end of season one, and a lot has happened regarding COVID, the gradual unlocking of the country, and everything that that brings with it. Things are certainly looking busier and buzzier in town. There's a general air of positivity as we can look forward to seeing friends, family, colleagues, People can get going with their weddings again, fans are getting back into sports stadiums, we can start booking events again, and summer's on the way finally. If you're new to Tailoring Talk, thank you so much for joining me. And if you're one of my regular listeners, thank you so much for lending me your ears once again as we kick off season two. Back in episode four, I was joined by Rick Patel for an Apple review, and since there was an Apple event not so long ago, we're starting off with a review of Apple's spring event, talking from a layperson's perspective about the new iMacs, iPads, AirTags, and Apple TV. A small apology, if we sound a touch lower key than normal, Rick has a house refurb going on at the moment and his builder chose the exact time we were due to record to start banging away in the bathroom below Rick's study. I also had some challenges with cats and dogs being, well, being cats and dogs, and my dear wife having a rant in the background at Lloyds Bank's awful customer service department, but Rick and I were determined to get through it. We did, and here it is. Enjoy. So we're back for season two of Tailoring Talk and here for another round is Rick Patel from Coty, also one of my closest and dearest friends. How are you, Rick? Yes, not bad, Bobby. Very well, thank you. Um, How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Hemorrhaging a bit from all the money that Apple's taken off me in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you've purchased and what your experience have been for the past two or three weeks or so. Yeah, totally. It's kind of, uh, it's nice being back in the recording chair after over a month and uh, also nice that you're back with me. So thanks a lot for giving up some time because uh, I know things are pretty busy for you at the moment, both at work and on the home front as well. Yep, yeah, and I wish we had the chance to do this uh, a bit earlier in the week. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, totally. So uh, you're busy in the middle of a house refurb as well as everything you've got going on with work right now so you kind of missed the apple event for the first time ever i think yeah just kind of blew by you yeah yeah, i didn't watch it live i I had the opportunity to watch it the day after um and and caught up in the video um which was which was pretty good but i've not had the opportunity to purchase anything this year so i'm leaving that for you so hopefully um hopefully you can let everyone know what your experience has been especially for from a work perspective in your professional work so it'd be interesting to see how what the difference is what the changes are and, and especially around certain the new, some of the new uh products like air tags and how that's probably helped you um in the past two or three weeks and if it's changed anything in that matter yeah totally i mean they uh so they announced air tags they announced a new imac um so Apple's basically gone all out on this new M1 processor. Um, so look, for anyone who's rejoining us, you'll know. And for anyone who's just stumbled across this and you're new to, to my podcast, 
um, you know, Rick and I met in the queue at the Apple store in Brent Cross uh, over 10 years ago and just became best friends, basically. And um, we're not, you know, we're not paid by Apple. We're not, um, you know, complete uh, technical freaks or whatever. We don't run tech magazines or anything like that. We're just two normal guys that have landed in the Apple ecosystem. We love their products and uh, we just like talking about them and buying them when we can afford to. Um, so you're going to get a view on Apple's new stuff from just two normal people. Um, if you want a more expert opinion on stuff, there are plenty of other podcasts out there. Definitely go check them out. Um, but if you're coming to us also from the point of view of an average consumer, um, then hopefully we'll just be able to talk about things in a way that makes sense and isn't a bunch of gobbledygook. So, yeah, they announced um, the long-awaited AirTags, um, which was Apple's kind of version of the whole tile, you know, attach it to your stuff and you can find your things. Uh, the new iMac, they've gone all out on the M1 processor. So for anyone that doesn't know what this means... Basically, Apple's been using Intel and other third-party processors for years and years, and all of a sudden last year, uh, they released their own processor called the M1. And basically, where previously, for example, you had a, a, an Intel processor, which is the main brain of the machine, and then you had a separate graphics card that was made by ATI, um, the M1 processor basically is a system on a chip um, for all intents and purposes. So you've got the uh, you've got the processor and the graphics all on the same chip so the the system doesn't need to travel anywhere to get information or to retrieve information and and this M1 processor is just lightning fast so it first appeared in the new uh, 13-inch MacBook Pros uh, last uh, December also and the the reviews for it have just been through the roof so they've now added the M1 processor to the new iMac, and they've also added it to the 12.9, no, to both versions of the iPad Pro, which was also announced. And um, what else? What else am I missing, Brick? Apple TV 4K. Yeah, uh, AirTags, and I think that's it. I think those four physical yeah. products. That was the main thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so should we start with AirTags? Yeah, so I, I didn't purchase any. I, I don't have a requirement from right now, but I know I know you've purchased a bundle of four. So, so yeah, what's it like? What's your experience like? And and are they useful? And, and and are they worth buying? So let's talk about things from a design point of view. Um, you know, people have been criticizing Apple yet again, saying they've just taken someone else's idea and just done the same thing. Yes and no. Yes, they have taken a product that was in existence. Tile had their version. Samsung have had their version. But what Apple tended to sit back and do, in my opinion, is just wait and see where the technology goes. And then they work on it and work on it and work on it until they produce something that is arguably better. It doesn't always come off that way. Um, but I'd say eight times out of ten, they managed to pull off that feat. And the AirTags, first of all, yeah, um, I got them... They arrived a few days after launch day. Um, I had them engraved with little emojis. So one with a dragon, one with a puppy, another one with a cat, and the other one, I can't remember what was on it. It's probably another dog. Um, so, uh, And I also bought the um, 
the leather Apple tag things that you need to put the AirTag in to actually attach them to a key ring or something like that, which again, a lot of people were moaning at, but, uh, you know, I bought three tags to go with three of the AirTags and one of them I didn't bother. So where we're using them in our house is I've got, uh, I've got an AirTag each on my office keys and my car stroke home keys. Um, and then Carolina's got one on her house stroke car keys, and then she's got just a standalone air tag without a holder that she hopefully has put into her purse. But I did see it floating around the house the other day, so (laughs) (laughs) she's just really, really bad. When I give her new technology and tell her this is really going to be useful, she's just like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, So I I need to go and check, check on that after. Um, and my problem basically is that I continuously lose stuff. Um, the last time I lost my, or misplaced my car stroke house keys, we tore the house apart, couldn't find them anywhere. And Carolina then checked our kitchen bin. And I said to her, there's no way, why would I walk all the way from the front of the house to the back of the house to then go and chuck them in the bin? (laughs) And she's like, well, let's just check it out anyway, because we've looked everywhere else, we can't find them. So she lifts the bag out of the bin, gives it a shake, because it's completely full, it's disgusting. And we just heard a little jingle sound, and my keys were at the bottom of the kitchen bin. Nice. I don't know how it happened, I'm obviously going mental. Um, So air tags were an absolute must for me. The, the irony is that I've now had the air tags for probably a month, I think, and I know exactly where my keys are at every second of the day. And I don't know if it's psychological, but now, although these air tags have some sort of placebo effect, I don't know. But I don't know if it's a combination of the fact that the air tags there. I'm very aware of them. I'm also very aware that an AirTag plus the leather holder from Apple actually costs 64 quid. So that's 64 quid dangling off the chain that I don't want to lose. Yeah, yeah. Never mind the fact, yeah, the cost of replacing my house and car keys is a lot more than 64 quid. Um, But yeah, I've not really, I've not really used, (laughs) I've not used them. The only time I have is sometimes when I'm on my Vespa and I've got my rucksack on and uh, I get to the first set of traffic lights uh, after you leave our house, and I think, did I leave my did I leave my keys behind? I can just pull over very quickly, go into Find My, and uh, and just select my keys and get it to play the sound. And if I can hear it coming from my rucksack, I know that I've got my keys with me. I don't have to stop and rummage through my bag and all that. So so I have used them for that, literally just as a sort of safety check. Uh, but to actually find my stuff because I've misplaced it, yeah, magically, I, my my uh, knack of losing things uh, on a whim has just disappeared since I had them. So does that make you more interested in that product or are you now thinking this is something that's just not going to do anything to my life? Um well, I don't know. For me, it's a bit of a, a bit of a difficult one. I've been working from home for just over a year, so my keys are always in in the house, you know, unless I leave the house. So, um, um, but I think once I start going back into the office, I think I think I definitely need one, and ideally, I want my one for my for my kids as well. Actually, having their rucksack. Um, 
so so you know there's there you know uh, where they are at school and stuff and when they and they're safe in that perspective from a location perspective so yeah i i think i will eventually purchase it, purchase the pack um just not at the time and plus another reason is just uh you know working from home I don't have a necessity for it right now because i'm always at home so my keys are always in the house and and i'm hardly driving around at the moment so but yeah i think it i think it's worth it and uh very apple unlike as well because you can replace the battery after a year or so so um so this way at least you don't have to purchase another air tag or or have a charger for it to charge it so um i think that's pretty unusual for them but uh, at the same time i think it's it's not a, it's it's a probably a good 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 option where you can just change the battery and just replace it after a year so so probably i think that's a that's a good thing rather than than negative yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's where they've got a leg up over the competition, I think, because I, I'm not sure. I had Tile when those first came out, and that was a good probably seven, eight years ago now. Um, and they got grubby quickly, but also the battery, you, I don't think you could replace it. It was like a molded, sealed unit. Um, and that meant that if your battery went dead and you'd lost your stuff, you had no hope of actually finding it. Um, arguably, you could say that if you lose anything that's got an air tag on it and it's just at that point where the battery is going to die um then uh then you're buggered anyway but I, I wonder if apple have got some sort of i think you can actually check the battery level yeah of your air tags you check uh, for my phone yeah yeah I, I, I think i need to just double check that but i think you can keep an eye on the battery level of them so when it's time to change them you can do that in good time um uh, just on location tracking so basically the way it works it, when 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 the air tag is within your surroundings it works using the nfc um technology that's in your phone and it tracks really accurately i mean if my keys are upstairs and i'm downstairs and i ask it to find them it will tell me that potentially your keys are on the floor above you um so that's really cool um we did think as a lot of people also did of actually sticking one on Bailey, our cocker spaniel, because as you know, he's absolutely mental in the brain. <laughs> and when we take him out uh, to the heath and so on, he has got this knack of just disappearing. So we thought it'd be quite handy for that. So when he goes trying to kill foxes or whatever it is he, he does, um, he um, uh, we can actually see where he is. But um, apparently the NFC only works within a certain range. Um, and then outside of that range, the way that they work, um, so Apple's Find My technology in all of our phones uh, creates a mesh. So if your dog goes missing in a busy town centre, it's likely that you're going to get his or her last location because, it, because there will potentially be a lot of people who've got iPhones around. If you lose your dog in the middle of nowhere, you're probably not going to get a ping on their last known location because there's, in the woods or whatever, there's probably not going to be enough people around with iPhones. So I think it's just important to say that, that for people that are wanting to use them as trackers, um, it's it's not quite as straightforward. I think you'd need a, a device that has got a cheap GPS chip in it to be able to really do that effectively. Um, I mean, I've got another friend who also bought them when I told him they were coming out and that was the, he's got two daughters and he was straight away. I'm getting those and I'm sticking one each in their rucksacks. If your kid doesn't have a phone, fine, that will probably work. If your kid has a phone and you secretly put an air tag into their rucksack or their school backpack or whatever, um, it will 
it, the AirTag will tell their phone there's an AirTag nearby, unidentified or whatever. Um, so they will know, and this is part of Apple's whole kind of privacy yeah. protection thing, so that you can't go and you know stick a AirTag on your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, to find out what they're up to yeah. or go tracking people randomly. Um, they've actually kind of thought of that, which at the same time for worried parents doesn't really help. Um, so, yeah, so I just kind of throw that in because, yeah, we, we've still got to look for another tracking de device for Bailey. Yeah. What What do you think about the cost of the AirTags at 29 quid each and then, you you know, 35 quid if you want to buy the Apple holder? Obviously, there are third-party ones on the market from Belkin that are a lot cheaper. But what, what do you think about the sort of pricing and so on? I think the AirTags, personally, are a good value for money. For 29 quid, you can't go wrong, and you can get the package, can't you, for 100 quid where you get the four. Um, it's just the cases, really. The cases are just a bit extortionate and, you know, more expensive than the actual AirTag itself. So that's if you buy it officially from, from Apple, and as you mentioned, other third parties um, provide another alternative. So so I don't think I don't think it's that bad. I think it's decent value for money. Um Especially if you're going to have it day to day with your keys or rucksack or whatever, whatever items that you're going to use. So I think it's I think it's decent. It's not bad. Yeah, for me, it's you know including the holder, sixty four quid. I mean, I went with the Apple one. Um, I'd originally ordered the Belkins because they're about a third of the price. And uh, someone at the workroom received theirs first and sent me a photo of it. And I looked at it and I cancelled the order straight away because I was like, from an aesthetic point of view. It's what I do for a living. I like things that look and feel nice and I appreciate good design. And um, I just thought I can't walk around with one of those plasticky things on my keyring. <laughs> so I went for the Apple ones instead and just swallowed it. Um, but 64 quid, if I lost my car keys, it would probably cost me a good two, 300 quid to get a replacement key uh, from the car manufacturer. So you know it's like a it's like an insurance policy that you pay once and you never have to pay for it again because as you said you can replace the battery so yeah yeah they, you know i've got them it's cured my my problem uh, which i guess in itself is a good thing uh you know so uh, yeah they're great and they've they've been very very successful so you know that's testament to uh uh, to Apple's ingenuity and all the rest of it yet again. Um, so moving on, um, they popped the M1 processor into the iMac. Yep. And into the Apple TV. No, they haven't. No, put the, the Apple TV is the, I think it's the A12X, isn't it? The, what, the, the chip that's in the um, iPhone XS. So the A12 Bionic. Yeah. yeah. So actually, let's talk about Apple TV first. Um, so I've not bothered upgrading because I've got the old Apple TV 4K, um, and it still does the job absolutely well. So what they've done with the new one is they've put that new A12, or new, in inverted commas, A12X processor in, so it's a bit faster. Um, they now support 4K at 60 hertz, or 60 frames, um, which means that you just get smoother picture when you're watching fast-moving content. Um, but other than that, I couldn't, and, and they've redesigned the remote, oh yeah. god, the remote on the old one. My one, I, I don't even know where it is to be quite honest. I mean, I kept losing it, but also it was just a faff to use in the dark when you, you just didn't know which way you were supposed to be holding it up because there was nothing tactile about it. 
so the new remote has got actual physical clicky type buttons yeah. and if you hold it in your hand you can actually feel which way up it's meant to be um and then they've also got this new screen optimization feature as well which I have used on mine because it, they've made it available for all generations of the 4K Apple TV. So what that does is um, uh, you activate the feature and it comes up with this thing on your screen and it tells you to point your phone at it. And what it does is it uses your iPhone's camera array to sense the environment in your room in terms of lighting, space and so on. And it automatically adjusts your TV settings for the best possible picture when you watch any content through your Apple TV 4K. Um, so I have noticed that there is a little difference in the clarity and the way that colors pop on the screen. Um, so that's been really good. Um, and then as far as the remote goes, I don't really need to buy a new one because I just use the um, app on my phone yeah. uh, as a remote instead. Um, so yeah, it there wasn't enough about the Apple TV for me to want to upgrade or feel I needed to. But then I know once you've finished renovating the house, that's on your shopping list, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you're if you're if you've got the previous version, I don't think you need to really upgrade. But if you've you've had Gen one or Gen two, then it's probably time to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I wouldn't even bother going for um, uh, the higher uh, storage space option. It comes in a 32 gig or a 64 gig, but I think that just depends really on how many apps you download. Yeah. Um, because you're not doing, you're not really storing anything else on it. If you're looking at music, photos, video, it's all streaming anyway. So I, I really don't see the point of having having a high storage capacity on an Apple TV unless you're a big gamer. Um, but again, the Apple Arcade stuff, I don't know if I've been spoiled. I'm a console gamer, so I'm not really into the Apple Arcade games. They're a bit, just seem a bit childish to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. So what else? M1. Um, the new iMac. Yeah. Look, people's, I think, you know, I think a lot of people's not the design to some extent with the chin, but I think, I, I think it looks pretty decent. Um, yeah, I like it. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the aesthetics of it being super, super thin, I think it's thinner than the watch, isn't it? Or just as thin. Um, it's pretty impressive actually what they built and designed and including all the, the, the range of colors and choices. Yeah, that's right. So it is super thin. So basically it's a 24 inch screen, which is slightly disappointing. I'd have liked to have seen a bigger display. So it's, it's a 24 inch, I think it's a 4.5k retina display. Um, which if, you know, the, the previous version of the iMac that had the 5K Retina, um, which my wife has, is an absolutely stunning display. Um, so I imagine on a physically smaller screen, because you've got that many pixels packed into a smaller space, it's gonna, you're going to get even more definition, clarity, and so on. Um, but yeah, it's very thin. They don't need the cooling system that you needed in the older IMAX because you don't need the fans because uh, of the way the M1 processor physically works. They've uprated the speaker system and so on. Look, it's they come in seven different colors. Um, I want the orange one. Uh, I can see how um, you know eventually when we're able to move to an off move the business to an office. I can see how you know everyone having a different colored iMac in a creative space would just look so cool yeah. and it would be very 
very uplifting to any customer coming in. Yeah. <laughs> That's me trying to sell myself on buying loads of them now. Um, but, you know, just as an all-round home sort of computer that the entire family can use, um, I, you know, I, th- I think they're great. I don't have a use case for one, but Carolina's got the i5 iMac, so hers is the next machine that needs to be upgraded. Um, and as long as she's okay with that screen size, then it's one of those M1 iMacs that we're yeah. getting for her. Um, you've obviously got two young children um, who predominantly, I would guess, use the iPad at the moment, but as they get older and they're going to be doing more schoolwork and so on, what do you, have you thought about what route you'd go down, whether it be iMac or whether you'd get them? I think two options. I think, I think an iMac um, for family use. Um, but ideally they'll probably need an air for, you know, if they're out and about and stuff, so they can take their, their laptop with them, um, if they need to work remotely. So I think there's, there's two sort of options there, um, as they get a bit older, but definitely an iMac for, for the family in terms of everyone, um, and their own individual laptops. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's not really much else to talk about no. that. I mean, I personally, I've always been a MacBook Pro guy with a separate monitor because I just like the freedom. I mean, my MacBook tends to live on my desk most of the time because I use my iPad Pro every single day that thing comes with me. Um, uh, but then there are some there are some days where I need both with me and that's because of the difference in the operating systems and what they do and that's still a bit frustrating. So we'll probably talk about that in a minute. Yeah which does bring us neatly on to the new iPad, which I'm talking to you on now. Um, yeah, it looks good. So, yeah, so the screen quality from your end, much better, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. It's, it's crystal clear, and obviously you can tell the significant improvement. It's not pixelated. Um, so they've nailed that. And uh, obviously when you're moving around with the uh, auto face detection, it works pretty well as well. Yeah, so uh, so basically, let's start off with the camera system. So they've upgraded the front camera to uh, 12 megapixels uh, before it was 720p, which is not even HD. Um, and the difference there is that, I mean, Rick on his MacBook has got the old type of camera system, and it, the picture's not terrible, but it looks a bit pixelated and a bit blurry, whereas I'm guessing from my end, sorry, from his end, I'm looking a lot clearer and sharper yeah, not always. A good you're looking, you're looking high definition, mate. Yeah, that's definitely not a good thing um, on a on a Saturday morning. Um, and then what they've also done is they've the the camera and the, the front facing camera moves. So right now, I'm I'm just sitting directly in front of Rick. But if I just move back, the, the camera just magically has just tilted down a little bit to get my head in right in center of frame, um, and it's also zoomed out to get more of me in the frame it's 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 the camera almost it looks like it's floating doesn't it yeah it looks like it's moving with you yeah so if i now move to my left the camera's just sort of floated around yeah. to keep my face in shot and if i move to the right again it's done exactly the same thing i think it's quite a wide field of movement cause yeah it's pretty okay, impressive so it's a yeah it's about a meter either side isn't it? Yeah, yeah. which which it's is about a meter. Which is which is more than enough if you if you're moving around a bit. Yeah. Or trying I mean, to get more people can, into the frame. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I think where this... Now, I'm, I'm moving around a little bit, uh, listeners, but um, I think where this is great is if you're presenting to people on a Zoom or... Because it will work on other video applications, uh, not just FaceTime, but I think where this is useful is if you're presenting to a group of people, it's great because you can stand up and you can move around rather than being sat at your desk, which is what we've all had to do when we've been doing video calls for the last 12 to 14 months. Um and also for families, I think it would be brilliant as well, because if, you know, you've got four of you wanting to call grandmother or granddad or whatever, uh, you can all get in shot rather than all having to kind of squeeze in or yeah. pass the iPads to each other. Um, this just kind of solves that problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a huge improvement. Um, I've got the 12.9-inch version, so on the 12.9 they have introduced a new mini LED display, which is a lot sharper and brighter. Um, you don't have that on the 11-inch version, but then I've always been a bigger iPad user anyhow. And um, I have watched some HDR 4K content on it. Uh, not much, because I literally I got this, I copied the data from my old iPad to my new one and I just got straight back to work. I, I haven't had time to properly play with it. Um, but the display is stunning. Yeah. Um, I think the peak brightness bit... is 1600 nits, right? Yeah, so you, it will only go up... To, I think it operates at 600 nits, and then it, which is slightly brighter than a MacBook display. So again, for anyone listening that has a MacBook, that runs at 500 nits peak brightness. The iPad is slightly higher at 600 nits. It will go up to 1,000 for certain types of content. Um, and then the 1,600 nits of brightness is only... So, for example, I was watching Justice League. And uh, in the opening sequence where Superman's in the process of dying and he screams out and there's lightning flashes going on around him and Doomsday, the, the bits of lightning, those really bright bits, those little parts of the screen are super bright and it's those little parts of lightning that are going up to 1600 nits and the net effect is it almost looks like the characters that everything it just looks like it's floating off the screen yeah it's really hard to describe unless you actually see it but everyone that i've shown it to so far i just show them that little opening sequence because justice league is quite a dark film um and uh, everyone's just completely blown away. They're all like, oh, my God, that, it just looks so amazing. Um, working with it has been fine um, because it's still iPad OS. It, in day-to-day -day practice, doesn't feel any different from my 2018 iPad. It just does the same stuff. Um, I've got the one terabyte version with 16 gigs of RAM, um, I haven't had to go close down any programs or anything. Everything just runs fast. Um, but I'm kind of hesitating now because I'm trying to find something profound to say that it's completely changed my workflow or whatever, but it just hasn't. It's yeah. just, it looks nicer. And when I'm talking to people using the video camera, I'm, I come across to them a lot sharper. Yeah, so I was going to just actually mention. Obviously, they've we've we've discussed this bit earlier. They they've they've put the M1 chip into the iPad. So in terms of like performance, I'm assuming there's a, a significant difference. But I think that's all dependent on whatever the outcome is in a couple of weeks for WWDC and how they change the operating system. So I, so it'd be interesting to see your view on on what the M1 chip has sort of 
brought to the the iPad? If it's changed anything, or is it really now dependent on what they do with the operating system yeah. next month? Yeah, I mean, I I, I actually recorded um, uh, another season two episode yesterday, and I was editing that early this morning. And that's where I have noticed a difference straight away is that when I'm using Ferrite Pro to, to edit audio with my 2018 iPad, I would have to, it would just freeze every so often. So I, during one edit that might take a few hours, I probably would have had to close that application down and restart it again a good dozen to two dozen times. And I've not had to do, I'm halfway through editing that episode and I have not had to do it once. It, that is a very subtle difference, but it's very noticeable. Um, and that probably has saved me a bit of time as well. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get on to testing it with some video editing and stuff over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's disappointing in a way that you don't notice an instant difference, right? But then there's this kind of underlying satisfaction that I'm going to have this iPad for a minimum three years, if not longer. And there's this sleeping beast inside it that is not really being used and is just waiting to be woken up. So I think WWDC is in about a week's time, just over a week's time. And um, that's a worldwide developers conference. Sorry. And, I'm really, really interested to see what they're going to do with iPadOS to take advantage of all this raw power that these machines have. I mean, if anyone's listening and they've got an old iPad, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily spring for the top of the range iPad Pro because the iPad Air, we talked about this on the last episode that we did together, the iPad Air is plenty fast. Yeah. So for just normal use, if you're not video editing or audio editing, you're just using it as a consumption device to read newspapers and magazines and maybe do a little bit of work and listen to music and watch videos and stuff, then I'd probably the iPad Air is perfect. Um, but yeah, I I just, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm just waiting for this event in about nine days time to see what yeah. they're gonna do. I don't think that we need Mac OS on, on the iPad. I've kind of gone away from that argument now. I think the iPad still needs to be its own thing, but it, but some of the compatibility issues that you have when you're trying to do certain things with it um, and the workflows, like multitasking on the iPad is a pain. It's not intuitive at all. Um, I, I can never remember all the gestures and stuff. It's such a steep learning curve, and I, I think they really, really need to yeah. to just sort that out. Yeah, which I think they will. Which I think they will, and maybe they might redesign the way the way the traditional home screen has always been um, to make it a little bit more easier to use it, or maybe enable it more so you can use the stylus a bit more to for your day to day. I don't know, but it'd be interesting actually. But I think you're right. I don't think they're gonna the the iPad is not going to be the MacBook OS. Um, with touchscreen, I don't, I don't think they're, that's their intention and that's what they want to do. I think they always want to keep as two separate um, operating systems. So it'd be interesting to see how they evolve it. Cause last year was the first time they fundamentally changed, um, the iPad OS. So, so it'd be interesting to see what they do in, in a few days yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I'm noticing in day to day work that, um, 
I'm having to take the um, what the MacBook Pro with me less. So before um, I was basically maybe two days a week I would have to take both my MacBook and my iPad to the workroom because there were certain things I needed to do that that the apps weren't available on the iPad. So I'm, I'm certainly finding now that's less and less. It's maybe once a week only. So the lines are definitely blurring. Um, so yeah, I've got high hopes actually, talking talking it out loud, that, that the next generation of iPad OS is going to be another step on. And if I could, if I could do all of my workflows on the iPad Pro, I think that would enable me to get rid of my MacBook altogether. Yeah. Because then I wouldn't see the point really of having both devices, especially if the external monitor support comes in for the iPad as well. Because the iPad also, they have put a Thunderbolt port onto it, which means it's got more support for um, higher demanding devices. So it'll transfer data a lot, a lot quicker and you'll be able to connect even up to Apple 6K Pro XDR display. Um, at the moment you still can't do that. I've tried it with mine and it just mirrors and it's in the sort of 4.9 kind of format. Um, so I, I think it's with the, the next version of iPad OS that that update will come in. Um, but if I can use an iPad, yeah, if I'm able to do everything I need to do work-wise on the iPad, if I'm able to connect my external 4K display to it and use it properly as a secondary display, um, then I probably would sell my MacBook Pro because I wouldn't need it anymore. Um, I don't, you know, all my music and, and uh, videos and stuff are just completely streamed now. I, I don't really watch anything offline unless I'm traveling. Yeah. And I haven't really been traveling for 12, 14 months. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so, so anyway it's uh yeah we're at an interesting crossroads with the ipad um and it will depend on individuals as to whether they need both a macbook and a stroke imac and an ipad or whether they just need one or the other yeah um yeah i mean i think if you put a gun to my head and you said you can only have one i think i would pick this ipad pro okay yeah i was gonna ask yeah. also what would you pick if you had a, if you only had one option yeah okay Oh, interesting. Um, there was a big hoo-ha about the Magic Keyboard. Yeah. It's a slightly different, right? So the uh, the design is only slightly different, right? So I know you purchased the white, white edition, right? Yeah, I did. It's lovely. Um, yeah, so basically uh, a couple days or maybe a week before the new iPad Pro was due to launch... So the Magic Keyboard for the iPad is quite expensive. It's 300 quid, or 300 to 330 quid, depending on the size. And um, suddenly an announcement was made that the existing Magic Keyboard, because the new iPad is, is slightly thicker, it wouldn't be compatible. And everybody went absolutely ballistic. And, and uh, you, you can understand it. You've just spent 329 quid yeah. on this thing that you maybe had for a year, because I think it came out beginning of last year, or it was available sort of around April, May last year. So you've got this this thing that cost over 300 quid that's only a year old, and suddenly you're being told it's not compatible with the new iPad, and you've got to sell it or throw it away or whatever, and spend the money again. I just shrugged my shoulders because I was like, 
it's fine. I'm selling mine anyway. So I just bumped the price of my iPad up and I just sold my existing keyboard with it, which the person that got it was really happy about. Um, and then I wanted the, the white version because I just fancy the change and it just looks nice. Yeah. Um, I'm s- still constantly Cleaning blowing it. little bits of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just blowing little bits of dust off it. But to be fair, so far after two weeks of use, hard use, it's actually held up really, really well. And I think they will, it will clean really easy. The material feels just a little bit different to the original version. So I, I, I do think it will, I, I think it will be fine long term. Um, now, it turns out, now that the new iPads have been in the field, if you're listening to this and you still have the old iPad, you haven't upgraded yet, you want to, and you have got the existing Magic Keyboard, don't let go of it. It will work with the new one absolutely fine. The The difference is the new iPad is about half a millimetre thicker. So Apple's point was that if you're expecting it to close 100% perfect, it might not do yeah. that. But enough people have got them now that they've tested the new iPad with the old keyboard, and it's absolutely fine. So it's not a thing. So it was just a load of fuss about nothing. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So in, in terms of um, scoring out of 10 for design, performance, compatibility, and whatever other else in terms of criteria, what would you give it? So design, I think, you know, the iPad Pro is a 10. No, it's a 9. I'll tell you why I've knocked it off a point. I've knocked it off a point because the stupid camera is still on the side. Um, and most of the, especially nowadays, um, when you're doing a video call, you're doing it in landscape mode, not in portrait mode. Yeah. And also the magic keyboard forces your iPad into landscape mode. So I don't understand why they didn't just put the camera, the front camera on the side of the iPad instead. Um, because if I, I, right now I've actually got my iPad propped up on the magic keyboard in portrait mode to talk to you, because if I put it the other way around, I'm basically looking, it's extremely rude, right? Because I'm not looking at you at all. I'm looking off to yeah diagonally my right. Yeah. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Sorry, anyone listening, I've, I've, I'm literally just flipping my iPad, uh, iPad around in different ways. So yeah, I'd say 9 out of 10 for design because the camera front camera position is still a source of irritation for me. Um, but otherwise it's great. Um, I don't feel it feels any thicker or heavier than the previous one. Uh, apparently it's slightly heavier. Uh, Magic Keyboard design, absolutely fantastic. 9 out of 10. Again, I just knock it a point because I just wish it would give a bit more viewing angle either way. Um, but for what it is, as, as far as working on it goes, it's an absolute joy to type on. Uh, I love writing blog posts and articles on it. Um, performance, I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 because <laughs> it just flies through anything you throw yeah. at it because there's nothing. And as you said, the beast hasn't been unleashed yet. So it'll be interesting to see when it does get unleashed in a, in a, in a couple of weeks' time when the, when the, when the public beta version is out of iOS 15 and, and whatever the potentials could be. Yeah, exactly. I think with my 2018 iPad, the problem wasn't actually so much the processor even because it was still a bloody good machine. I think it was a RAM problem because I think those only had maybe four four gig of RAM and it was just starting to creep. So you'd just have to check yourself every other day and just go and close all of the apps that were in memory to free it up 
Um, but, but I mean, it was still, you know, I'd say if anyone's got a 2018 iPad and you're not using it to do, as I said before, video editing and all that sort of stuff, it's just low-level yeast. There's no need for you to upgrade. It's absolutely fine as a machine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But overall, am I happy upgraded? Yes, I am. Um, in day-to-day use, have I noticed a difference? Only slightly. Um and I'm looking forward to the potential that it's got. So roll on WWDC on June the 8th or whenever it is. Yeah, look, I can't wait to see what they're going to unveal. Looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Apple Music lossless? Mm. <laughs> you, don't, you don't care? No, not really, to be honest with you. Um, haven't explored it to, to, to some extent, but, uh, but what, are you, what are your thoughts around that? Well, it's been controversial again, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everybody who's forked out 250 quid on AirPod Pro yeah. and 550 quid on AirPods Max, Max twice for me, because we've got two in the house, um, that has been up in arms on the internet over it because the AirPods Max will not support lossless yeah. listening. And the reason why is because um, they work on Bluetooth and you just can't transport a lossless file over Bluetooth. It doesn't have the bandwidth for it. Um, Now look, let's just bring this back down to earth. The best way to experience lossless audio is with a, you know, almost a professional pair of wired headphones, not wireless. And so am I bent out of shape about it? No, not really. Because, um, again, I love my AirPods Max. Uh, I think the sound quality wirelessly through both the AirPods Pro and the AirPods Max is absolutely fantastic for day-to-day stuff. And if I really want to listen to and really experience all the nuances that lossless music might have to offer, uh, you know, I'm going to get like a Lingdorf-type system. Yeah. And you know, I'm gonna and a proper amplifier and everything, and I'm I'm gonna set up a music room at home and I'll listen to it that way. But the truth is, most people can't actually distinguish much difference between lossless and and sort of normal AAC files, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you're not bothered, are you? No, not not to be honest. But um, I don't, I don't think I don't think most most consumers will be. But I think people that have probably purchased the Max. Um, like yourself and spend that much money they may be so but um but it is what it is yeah but if you think about it so um i did subscribe to tidal once yeah. um and that's 19.99 a month so that's over and above what i was paying up on music because they sold you on the whole lossless thing and what they didn't tell you as a lay person is you weren't really getting the benefit of that so i was paying 20 quid a month i only did it for a couple months but i was paying 20 quid a month for nothing it's almost like a placebo effect, right? So they're not telling you, by the way, if you're using our service with wireless headphones, you're not going to get the benefit of lossless audio. I thought it sounded better. So that's what I mean by the yeah. placebo effect, right? But I was still using AirPods with it. Um, so, you know, it, it's coming. I think next week uh, we'll start to see lossless music appearing uh, on the music store. Um, but they're not charging any extra for it. Yeah. It's still nine ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine a month. It, they're not charging a premium on top for the lossless feature. You're just getting it anyway. 
the one thing you will get is that they're make going to make a lot of tracks available with uh, Dolby Atmos and spatial audio. So that'll be kind of interesting because you do get that with AirPods Max and AirPods Pro. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of surround sound effect, feeling like you're in the middle of the stage yeah. uh, sort of thing will be quite interesting. But, you know, I don't see why people are moaning about it so much because they're not, char- you know, they're introducing it. You might not be able to access that feature with the hardware that you've got, but they're not charging you any extra for it. So, so what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you keep messaging me about AirPods 3. Yeah. Why? But is this something that you're really keen on? Because you love your AirPods Pro. No, um, I'm not keen on the AirPods Free. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think um, when when were the AirPods released? Twin October 2019. The last the last refresh of the AirPods when they introduced the Ma- uh, the Pros. So it's, I think it's long overdue now. What it's a year and a half or so. So maybe something later this year. Maybe a silent release. Or maybe a release later when 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 they announce the the latest handset. So it'd be interesting to see what they do, um, because I think it's it's I think it's long overdue now. For it's been a year and a half, so maybe it's time this year where they do will release AirPods Free and and the second iteration of of the Pros. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure I would upgrade. Depending if they did another iteration of the Pros and they were significantly better, or they changed the design so they'd actually stay in my ears, then I probably would upgrade. But otherwise, I wouldn't bother. I'm quite happy with them. Yeah. Um, the the one I'm waiting for now this year is the Watch Seven because uh, it's it is time for me to upgrade mine. There's nothing wrong with mine apart from the fact I've scratched the hell out of it from working on refurbishing our house. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's really annoying me. So I want a new watch, but there's no point upgrading. Um, so I want to see what they do with the Watch 7. There's a rumor that they're going to go with that more sort of industrial flat design that they took, you know, the approach they took with the iPhone yeah. 12 Pro. And if they do that, you know, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Watch 7 for me this year. And then... I think the only major purchase that we'll be making it again is later this year. Uh, Carolina's iMac is creaking a bit, so time for an upgrade. She's going to need a new, yeah, she's going to need a new something. Whether it's a M1 iMac or an iPad Air, uh, uh, not an iPad Air, or what? If it's a bit more, funny enough, I, I was just looking at her iPad this morning, and that's about six years old. <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, uh, she probably is due an upgrade for 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 an iPad as well. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm for now. I'm kind of all appled out, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think there's enough toys and gadgets now for the for the for the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing that we haven't spoken about in between this episode and the last one, uh, where I promised you that I wasn't going to get an Android device. Yeah, a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra did make its way into my house. Oh, have you put? But have you bought one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it arrived the day, the afternoon that we recorded our episode. Yes. So I, I couldn't keep a straight face. Um, and I sold it two weeks later. Um, it, it was fine for the first week. Yeah. But the problem is, we, Rick hates Android. I don't hate Android. Um, I, you know, obviously, there's room in the world for both Apple and and, and Android yeah, of devices. Course. Yeah. 
hardware wise it's it it's a great phone and that's what i think with a lot of the flagship android phones the hardware is brilliant camera tech is fantastic um the problem for me as an ios user is it, it which it's always been and it's why you've always told me don't do it don't do it don't do it um it's the ecosystem problem you know and it's not even i know you can get you know apple music on android and all that sort of stuff but it's even just little things like you got pissed off at me my wife got pissed off at me when all of a sudden at weekends because i had my personal sim in that phone at weekends and in the evenings you're trying to iMessage me yeah and you couldn't suddenly it was all becoming text messages yeah. And that, that's the big problem when I think not just when you're in the Apple ecosystem, but when you're surrounding family and friends and even cl- a lot of my clients are in that ecosystem as well. As soon as you try and break out of it, all hell breaks loose with other people. Yep. And that's really painful. So yeah, I, I got rid of it a couple of weeks later, partly to fund the iPad pro purchase. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, and uh I will make my promise that I've broken five times previously again here and now that I will not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. Brilliant, right. Yeah. Um anything that anything else that you want to talk about no no it's been brilliant it's been Time brilliant to wrap it up yeah it's been good and looking forward to you know nine eight eight or nine days time and see what the latest software is going to be across all their platforms and devices and and it'll be interesting to see see how that sort of works and behaves with with their with their new devices so looking forward to that yeah 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 definitely we'll uh, we'll get together yeah, uh, maybe. Well, we'll see what our schedules do, but we'll we'll try and do it a bit closer to WWDC um, than we have this time yeah. because obviously the Apple Spring event was uh, a month ago. But uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's been pretty busy. So hopefully, anyone listening has found this useful. Uh, and if you have, and uh, you know, a few of you were very kind last time afterwards in your reviews and feedback to say that you enjoyed listening to Rick and I ramble on. Um, and if you want to hear us again, then let us know. And if you don't want to hear us again, well, then tough. Just skip that episode when it appears in your podcast feed. Um, Rick, thanks ever so much. No Give problem. my love Any to time. the family. Yeah, you too, likewise. And, and we'll uh, catch up yeah, soon. I'll, yeah, see you on the next one. Thank you once again for joining us. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please remember to give us a rating and a review. It really does help other listeners find us as we grow this thing. I love feedback, so send in your questions and comments to me on Twitter at It's Bobby Revilla or on Instagram at the Roberto Revilla or the email address in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, I'd love to have you, so let me know. Next week, I've got a real treat for you as I'm joined by a former MasterChef champion, a chef, food writer and co-owner of an award-winning charcuterie business. Make sure you're subscribed so you do not miss that episode. That's it from me. Please keep safe and well, and I'll catch you on the next one.